0: welcome to all the social ladies with CEO of likable media Carrie Kirpin.
1: Hi, I'm Carrie Kirpin and welcome to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I am here today with Miss Kelly O. <laughs> Kelly O Williams, who is now a female entrepreneur, but who got her start in social media and corporate. She's previously worked in the role for American Express, JP Morgan, and she's also worked for Discover and Walgreen. She's had a long corporate history before jumping into the entrepreneurial waters as one of the co founders of the Honeybee Company. I am so excited to introduce her today and have her tell us all about her business and her experiences in social and her career as a whole. So, welcome, Kelly.
0: Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for having me.
1: It's so great to have you here, and I I would love to hear about how you got your start, um, just working in social media.
0: Sure. I would like to say that I am probably see myself more as a marketer Mm -hmm. versus somebody who is in social media. But as you know, social media has permeated the marketing space so much, it's almost like you have to have a background in social to be relevant in the digital marketing space. So I actually wanted to be in marketing, and this is a funny story, when I was probably about 16 or 17, I knew I was going to be a marketer. And it was because I actually started a a balloon-making animal service business with my sister. I love it. So my sister learned how to make balloon animals, and I saw a business opportunity because I am originally from Evanston, Illinois, Mm -hmm. and if you know, it's right outside of Chicago, and it's also a place where... A lot of people with uh, small children with families live, so I saw an opportunity for us to do entertainment for people who had small children for birthday parties, for events, etc. And so we went on the ground and hit the ground running. We did like direct marketing. We would pass out flyers, and one day we were, you know, tired from a day of you know marketing on the streets, and we decided to eat and uh, spend some time at Flat Top Grill. And if you are familiar with the flat top grill chain, it's like this great um, buffet style, fry place. And so we were really excited. And we had when we came in the restaurant, we had these huge balloons on our heads, balloon hats. (laughs) And so we immediately caught the attention of the manager there. And he was like, what are you guys doing? And we told him about our business and he was really intrigued. So he was like, hey, how about I hire you guys to come in every week? To entertain wow. uh, the uh, guests here, so we from that point on we had a contract uh, with a uh, local business, and so you know we were I was a teenager, my sister was in middle school. We had tons of disposable income because we weren't paying right, any other of bills, course. <laughs> of course. And what was cool about that is I really found out that. I had a niche for marketing because I had to come up with, you know, a pricing structure, had to come up with how we were going to market to customers. I ended up creating a business plan and taking that into different business plan competitions locally. As a teenager. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, from that point on, I was like, okay, I definitely need to be in business and I want to be in marketing. And so when I went into uh, college, I majored in marketing. Mm -hmm. I made sure I had marketing internships. So I think I was lucky in that I knew what I wanted to do early. So I was able to go in that direction really quickly.
1: Would you say that internships were essential for me? I know Mm -hmm. internships were essential to my success and learning what I wanted to do. And I'm just curious if you felt the same way when you interned.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, When I actually um, was interviewing for American Express. Yep. They, a lot of the uh, recruiters are like, you actually have more experience than some MBAs that we see because people really don't take the time to get those internships and, and value those experiences. So I definitely set you apart when you're early in your career and when you're trying to kind of differentiate yourself from the rest of the crowd.
1: And so I know you talked a little bit about how social is essential to marketing, but mm-hmm. it's not all of marketing, which mm-hmm. I totally agree with.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell me
1: about how you got into using social media within marketing. I'd love to
0: hear about that. Yeah, I would say that I've kind of had a really nice, uh, I think, what was a really rounded marketing experience mm-hmm. where before I actually got into the social media arena, I did um, internet acquisition, learned about user experience, and how do you kind of encourage certain behaviors online from mm-hmm. your customers. I also um, did a pure MARCOMS role, which was all about messaging um, how do you tell a, a compelling story? How do you take something that's really complicated or has a lot of moving parts and explain it in a like clear, uh, succinct way that somebody can understand um, the main uh, concept off of the back? And so I think those two things really help um, shape me to have a really good marketing but also kind of brand and kind of PR lens when you're looking at social yep. media because it actually does all of those things. Um, you can use it for marketing in terms of, you know, d- getting direct acquisition or sales. You can use it, what a lot of people do, is use for kind of like general brand storytelling and awareness. Or you can use it to um, help, you know, with, uh, you know, public relations and making sure that um, the world knows what your company is doing and the cool things that um, you're getting involved in. So when I went into my, like, purely social role at JPMorgan Chase, it was really helpful to, to have that lens because I could also, even though my um, main focus was Chase Community Giving, which is all, which is really just a... Um, kind of like PR, positive brand. It's sentiment. such a social
1: message. Yeah, I mean, community giving is something that people would want to share and talk exactly.
0: About. Um, I was able to also because I was in kind of a centralized agency, in-house agency role. Mm-hmm. I was able to also have the lens with, um, you know, if we were working with, you know, the Chase um, Freedom page, or mm-hmm. if we were working with Sapphire. That is a, a marketing um, function on social media. So um, I definitely think that that was valuable. Um, when I was helping to consult internal partners on that on those strategies.
1: So I think I think something you said is very interesting. I mm-hmm. love your take on this. A lot of young people, when they're getting out of college, they mm-hmm. say, I want to work in social media. Mm-hmm. I want to work in social media because it's young. It's exciting. They know it inherently, right? Yeah. They grew up in this generation. But it sounds like for you, mm-hmm. you had an interesting and it esen- sounds essential to your career. Start mm-hmm. in marketing first. Would you recommend that if somebody were getting their career start, mm-hmm. they should look at a broader approach or should they jump right into social and then learn the gr- broader landscape? What do you think?
0: I don't know. It depends. Um, and I will say that it was challenging for me to really navigate myself into social because um, for the most part, when social media kind of came to the forefront, um, I've when I've looked at people's backgrounds in social, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them came from PR mm-hmm. backgrounds. Yes. Uh, but as you can see, um, just be just um, in terms of the opportunities that platforms see to kind of broaden their their customer base, marketing has really kind of permeated into the social space. And I mean that always happens. Anything new and exciting, eventually of a marketer course. will figure out of how course. to like, use that. Of course, <laughs> marketers will get in there. They'll get in there. <laughs> so that's just the nature of the marketer. But I think that you'll will start to see people and companies who really want people who have a, a little bit more holistic po- po- approach to social outside of just kind of press releases yeah. on your pages.
1: I agree that I think a lot of the careers of social were born out of PR. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the first place that kind of grasped onto yeah. social and said because they they understood it as a method to kind of promote. But like you said, mm-hmm. there's, a million, there's a million other ways for that to take place. Yeah. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about working at a place like JP Morgan Chase mm-hmm. where you have a highly regulated industry, mm-hmm. right? Is it isn't that hard to be in social in a place that's so regulated? I mean, in the yeah. in the industry on its own. It's got to be very challenging.
0: Yeah, I mean, my last three companies were in the financial services industry, and I would say for marketing in general, I mean, it's not as easy mm-hmm. as some other kind of softer um, products and services. And at the end of the day, um, you know financial services, it is about you know it's a serious topic. It's about people's lives. um, it affects your you know trajectory, your happiness, what you can provide for your family, things like that. So it is a it's somewhat of a sensitive topic, mm-hmm. but it also, I think for me, has given me a little bit of a tougher skin as a marketer and yes. allowed me to figure out ways to be a little bit more innovative and you know to work within you know the confines but then still do something really kind of cool and fun
1: that's awesome mm-hmm. do you have a, do you have any like examples of some, a way that you worked within chase i know community giving mm-hmm. is like a place that's kind of a more fun place i'd love to hear some stories about how you did that
0: yeah um so when i jumped into the chase community giving space um it is it was um kind of going through an evolution on social you know initially it um was kind of the first of its kind uh, to be to really leverage the Facebook platform for crowd crowd ideas and participation from customers. So um, as it but you know as it evolves, you know living on uh, Facebook alone and it really wasn't um, really wasn't beneficial to the to the brand anymore. So one of the uh, cool things that we uh, started to do was really to Versus just kind of having a, a direct call to action message of, hey, hey come and vote and kind of losing those people along the way. Um, we really tapped into what is our biggest resource for Chase Community Giving? And the biggest resource is really the charities, because what we did is you would take small kind of um, startup-y charities who have, you know, big, big missions, um, big visions. And you really put them on the, the forefront. And uh, those were our really, really our biggest advocates. And so we re- so we started to just tap into the charities a lot more, and not just say, oh, hey, look at this charity, but actually tell the charity story, um, talk about why their their mission is important, um, do a lot of education around their causes, mm-hmm. and really kind of extend that message out over a longer period of time to like grasp the attention of our fans. And so um, initially one of the first things that – one of the first um, initiatives that I really um, worked on and led was one with Charity Water. So, you know, I think uh, Charity Water is probably one of the more well-known organizations, but they are very young in their founding – And they're, um, you know, they have a lot of access to really great videos and content and messaging and reports. And so what we really did is kind of co-created content together. And, you know, through a week or two of messaging and and cross-promotion, we were able to really get the message across of, you know, what is the water crisis? Why is it important? Why is it not just a problem that's international or outside the U.S. and how it actually impacts us here at home in the Mm -hmm. U.S. as well? Mm -hmm. And we had some really great responses. So um, and I would say one thing is that in a highly regulated environment, kind of testing and learning is really important because um, I would say that we probably don't. In those environments go full throttle on anything <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just because you just never know what's right. going to happen or how people are going to respond. So, you know, kind of gaining the trust of um, your colleagues by doing, you know, small things. And while, you know, the Charity Water thing wasn't huge, it definitely changed the perception on what Chase Giving could be for its fans um, and for the for the charities as well. And it helped really solidify and make sure that we were maintaining those relationships with everybody. So it
1: sounds like it was a mm-hmm. lot about storytelling, but not necessarily mm-hmm. telling the story of J.P. Morgan Chase, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily as interesting or compelling to users in social yes, spaces. Unfortunately, no. But. Right, <laughs> right, but much more, yeah. much more about the telling of the stories of the charities mm-hmm. that you could impact and how you could impact people. I, I loved, mm-hmm. I loved hearing that. You mentioned about getting trust um, within your your colleagues within mm-hmm. that space. Um, is it hard to convince? in a large organization, convince people to kind of take risks and do things within social? Yes, it It is. is. It is. Do you have any (laughs) recommendations? Like, I know that we have a lot of listeners who are within companies that are young, Mm -hmm. that are trying to impact change, but are having trouble convincing senior leadership to take chances. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions on that?
0: Yeah, I think for people in senior roles, I mean, for them to take challenges on things that aren't tried and true can, you know, be career ruiners for them. So I think what you need to do is, I mean, as a young person, I know there are many times where I'm like, okay, this is not moving fast enough. Like, why aren't we making a decision? Why, how can we move this along? And really, I think the thing is to, like I said, find something that kind of proves your point that you can, um, you know, create data around um, because data, I mean, if the numbers um, don't lie, I mean, people really can't argue with your, your viewpoint. So get the trust of maybe your direct manager to do like a small little test um, area on, on a topic that or on a, a project or initiative that you think is going to work. And then once you have success from that or, you know, if you need to tweak it a little bit, you know, share your learning, share what went well, what didn't go well and say, hey, now I think that we could do this a little bit bigger or maybe we could do. And then after that, maybe we could do it a little bit bigger. So for some ti- sometimes for some people who aren't as who are a little bit more risk averse, just taking them through like little baby steps through the process yeah. to get them to where you need to go is really important.
1: That's great. And it sounds like um in a few pieces that you said mm-hmm. there it's it's about using data mm-hmm. to tell the story so the numbers don't lie like yeah. you said and so when you're able to say we can impact this audience mm-hmm. or we can do this piece i think that's really really great so mm-hmm. okay so you went from working at big big companies mm-hmm. to starting your own company tell mm-hmm. me about what went into that decision to leave kind of the corporate world i know you had mm-hmm. started you had started while you were at at mm-hmm. chase right so tell me about the big leap the, yeah, when you took the chance and said, okay, I'm going to leave and I'm going to do this full-time?
0: Yeah, I think for me, um, it just came to a point where, um, you know, I was overwhelmed by doing trying to figure out how to, you know, drive um the patient Paxton line forward. Mm-hmm. And then also having to manage my day job, which is in social, which is crazy already. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and um it came to a point where I was like, well, I need to figure out, you know, what direction I want to go, what um is gonna help me um you know feel really good about myself at the end of the day and 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 I think for me it was you know if I I can I can always um you know get back into corporate later yep. if things don't work out yep. but if I have an opportunity to try this and really push it forward and see if it can work out I might as well do it and um you know I feel like that um you know that's a great I think that that is a that's pretty much how I I thought through the
1: that now logic. is the t- now yeah. is the time to do it. So mm-hmm. okay, now tell us all about it. I want to hear about mm-hmm. the Honeybee Company. I want to hear about the page impacts in line and what you're doing because I mm-hmm. know in our talks before we actually did this mm-hmm. podcast, I was just so impressed by what you're doing for school systems in Chicago. So Oh, thank you. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, so I am a co-founder and director of customer experience for the Honeybee Company. And what we do is we have a line of products centered around really cute puzzle characters. Their names are Paige and Paxton. They are brother and sister and they live in puzzle land. Um, they're not only super cute and fun, but they're also really good at introducing kids um, six and under to science, technology, engineering, math, concepts, and careers in a really fun way. And as you know, um, you know, STEM, I think you've heard the the buzzword a lot and how basically we really need to kind of shore up that leaky pipeline and, you know, by the time kids reach middle or high school, they've already had and they already have a, an idea of who they are, um, what they can tackle. And a lot of times STEM kind of falls to the wayside. And so we were really lucky that, um, and we're, we're really great, uh, we're really happy to have the opportunity to work with the Chicago Public School Systems um, to roll out our products across their school system to help drive that awareness at the earliest levels. So we're talking about pre K to first grade. It's mm-hmm. such
1: a great concept. And I know that really thinking about STEM in in the U.S. in particular, Mm -hmm. it's just you really see a need to get younger kids excited about this and growing into these career fields.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people know you have to start early, but I think that it was for especially for school systems who are facing this challenge, um, they just didn't really it's hard to figure out how do you introduce that at that early age. Um, You know, at the high school level, a lot of times they have career days and they might have mentors just come in and from, you know, like a Cisco or like a Boeing and talk to high school students. But uh, besides that, I think it's really just hard. You can't do that at the early elementary level, kind of go over kid's head. Uh, But what's great about our products is that they really... um, kind of gives some context to what, you know, science and technology, engineering and math, like, means for kids at that age. So... Um, you know, for them, science is you know the way that you find out about how your world works around you. Um, technology is like a way that makes things easier, and it's not just cell phones, it's not just computers, but it's you know the ATM machine um, that you get that you you know get money from um, each day or something like that. So it's a uh, it's really great and and fun, and obviously it's a very different <laughs> <It's> a <big laughs> from what I'm doing. You. Yeah, it's- but. I definitely am not have do not have a background in STEM, um, but we do. uh, My sister actually is a biology major. Um, and is going to dental school, so she actually helps us with our, you know, science concepts a lot of for the for the books and things.
1: That's amazing, mm-hmm. and I would imagine uh, the curriculum would probably need mm-hmm. to change a lot as technology changes mm-hmm. because technology is moving so quickly to communicate mm-hmm. to the kids um, the rapid changing pace of technology yeah. must be very interesting too. Yeah okay, and so you've started this business, and it's really exciting, and now you're doing it Mm full-time. And so I would imagine when you start a business, I know for me, when I started a business, I had no budget. I just kind of really (laughs) bootstrapping it. And so I used a lot of social media to build Mm -hmm. my business. Mm -hmm. For you, do you see social media playing a part in how you grow the Honeybee Company?
0: Yeah, I definitely do. Um, And I think that For us, it's, you know, it goes into brand awareness, but Mm -hmm. then it also goes into kind of just making those connections, Mm -hmm. Um, especially. And I think one of the often underutilized social media platforms is honestly LinkedIn. Um, for I small agree, businesses. Totally. Yeah, I mean, you can build up your Twitter presence, your Facebook presence. I mean, you pit on Pinterest all day. Yep. Um but at the end of the day, I know for us a lot of our our clients are, you know, administrators, program directors at school systems. So, connecting with them on LinkedIn is a really key thing for us, especially um, you know, we're we're battling with um you know, large publishers, you know, like, you know, scholastic and Absolutely. things like that. So we really need to build those relationships. And LinkedIn is definitely a a big key thing for um for us in doing that,
1: so it sounds like relationships are the key differentiator, and mm-hmm. there is really no better place to do that. i I find mm-hmm. than social. I've built so many relationships. Uh, through social. And LinkedIn in mm-hmm. particular, I think, is such a great way mm-hmm. when you're working in a B2B space mm-hmm. like yours and you're needing to connect with yeah. uh, school directors and educators, et mm-hmm. cetera. Have you found that school directors and, and your target are also on Twitter? Because I find Twitter is mm-hmm. such a great way to connect one-on-one with people. Yeah. Have you seen them there or are they not there yet?
0: Not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, it also depends on the Educator, yep um, You know, for people who have probably been in the education space a very long time, um, I find they don't always have the propensity to use social media. But I see um, for like kind of the next generation of educators and leaders, I, they're definitely on Twitter and um, all the the kind of business as usual social media channels. How are you feeling
1: about about the switch? About yeah. making the switch to being an entrepreneur? Are you
0: mm-hmm.
1: are you terrified?
0: Yeah, I mean it's completely terrifying. Yes, it <laughs> is. Right, it is. Because I will. I have actually never left a role without another role. Yes, <laughs> yes. Kind of in the park po- in my pocket. So, right. it's really. Um, it's definitely really nerve-wracking, but it's also very exciting. And I'm. I think I will kind of stretch myself and learn a lot. Yes. And. Um, I mean, it definitely t- really pushes you. At the end of the day, if you don't do it. it it just doesn't get done. That's exactly so right. So you just have to get it done and push it out. And and if it doesn't work, you know, you just try it again.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, do you have do you have a support system mm-hmm. of female entrepreneurs or anybody like that mm-hmm. you can connect with? Because I think in social, yeah. that's such a great space to connect with other women entrepreneurs who are
0: mm-hmm. doing great
1: things and are just as terrified and yeah. working just as hard. I think that's something I, I would love to see for you. And and uh, in social, as you as you connect, I would definitely encourage you to do that. Yeah. From one female entrepreneur to another. No,
0: um, I know you mentioned a couple of, of resources. Yes. I know um, one I have... Leverage in the past is Focus 100. Yes. Yeah, which is for black female um, tech entrepreneurs, which has been really great. Um, But, yeah, I think that... A lot of female entrepreneurs have really come out of the, the woodworks, and I've seen a lot of people coming together, and it's really exciting because it's, it's definitely a need.
1: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, good luck to you, and I'm so excited uh, to really watch the business grow. I have mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of passion for introducing STEM in, mm-hmm. for children, and I, I just think that as a mom of two young daughters, although yeah. not quite as young as your program, because believe yeah. me, I would get them right involved, but, <laughs> um, but I am really, really excited for you and mm-hmm. seeing what you you can do and um, I'm I'm hopeful that you will be a phenomenal success in oh, that area. thank so you. So it's great. Okay, so let's talk a little bit mm-hmm. about how you use social media personally. So mm-hmm. you you went into this role in corporate, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes there's there's a really, I, I find for me, when I go, I work in social media,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it affects how I feel about my personal social media usage. Yeah. So I would love to hear about your, you know, your overall approach and your personal social media. How do you use it personally? Mm-hmm. Are you on there? What are you doing? Um, and how? I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So I would say, yeah, uh, I think you do get a little fatigue when you are mm-hmm. doing, when you mm-hmm. are sitting on Facebook or Twitter all day. You yep. really don't want to do it at home. Yep. Um, but I think for me, I, I would say that I definitely have a different lens when I'm using social for work versus like personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that I just really focus personally, I really just engage in um, social media networks that just give me personal pleasure, because Mm -hmm. if I'm at home, I'm really not trying to, um, you know, like push a needle, like on Facebook or something. Right. Uh, You're not trying to optimize uh, Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Optimal (laughs) likes and comments, please. Like this if you agree.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah, not thinking about call to actions or anything like that. So um, I would say I love, I definitely love Instagram. Um, That is it's just an easy yes. platform. You just yes. scroll and like yep. look at things yep. and double tap. Yep. Um, I have actually really gotten into Pinterest lately. And, you know, there's some I mean, I think Pinterest is just you have to pin a lot yes. to get a lot of attention. But, you know, I have my my binges where I just go through Pinterest yep. and I'm pinning like yep. crazy. Um, And it just is a really fun, kind of cool, inspirational platform um, that, you know, I can find recipes. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that you could do that or or things like that. So Pinterest is fun. Um, I will say uh, I've also been leveraging Snapchat, but just to keep in contact with, like, my younger cousins because they're all on Snapchat. Really? Yeah. They don't talk to me in any other platform. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: You know, I heard a stat the other day. 77% of college students are using Snapchat. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Isn't
0: that? And it's really interesting because I see how, especially one of my younger cousins, I see how she uses Snapchat. And it's totally different than the way I would think to use it like she literally uses it to basically send out broadcast messages to everybody about like oh I lost my phone so send me yours oh, send my me goodness. my like text me your number and make sure you like put your name in it like that's what she's doing wow. like, <laughs> in that chat and I was like wow, well, I would never think to use that um in that manner but it's it's really fun to kind of um kind of interact with um People who are even younger than me yes. and um, kind of still stay – I guess it's helping me stay relevant. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
1: I've used Snapchat a couple of times with my daughter, but uh-huh. I'm terrified that she's on it. So she's 10 and she's on Snapchat. <laughs> it, like, gives me a heart attack every time yeah. I get a Snapchat from her because I'm like, who are you snapping? What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, I know. I
0: think just... you got, like, a really bad rap at first. I yeah. totally agree. The, yeah. the
1: stats on it actually say it's a very low amount of, mm-hmm. like, the type of use yeah. that it was promoted for um, and all the sexting and all the yeah. things
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she's literally just telling people that she's in class. Like. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. So
1: you you may not be at this point yet, mm-hmm. but for me, I find this very interesting. Mm-hmm. Now that you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and you have all of these networks where you're connected to, like, your friends, your in-real-life friends yeah. and then your friends that you're connected with, how much do you mm-hmm. feel – do you feel a discomfort in promoting your business?
0: Mm. I think that um – yeah, I think for me, and I know for most women, it's it's hard to do self-promotion. Yep. Uh, but what I also find is that if, you know, people don't know what you're doing, you're not going to get, you know, leads, you're not going to get help. Yep. Um, so... I mean, it even is – it was nerve-wracking for me to even change my, like, LinkedIn profile, but, you know. (laughs) Right, yeah. But I did it, and, you know, I started, you know, reaching out to people, letting people know what I'm doing, and, you know, other people were like, oh, well, I used to be in the education space, or I know somebody who's a great person you can talk to, and so it ends up – I mean you would think that it's more about self promotion, but it people really do wanna help.
1: They wanna help. And it's, if absolutely. you don't yeah,
0: and if you don't let them know what you're doing or what you need, then you're never gonna get it. So Yeah, yeah. I
1: totally agree. Mm-hmm. And I find us as- as a woman entrepreneur, I, I sometimes find it very challenging mm-hmm. to self-promote, even though it's really gluing people in on what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. the, your network is the group that's going to help you the most. Yeah, I mean, it's you build those relationships, you should let them know. But mm-hmm. it's, I find it very challenging myself, even yeah. as I've been in business a long time. But I. I think it can be challenging.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. So, you know, there are certain days where I really have to talk myself up into (laughs) into doing certain things. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Whatever. Who cares? If they say, if somebody says no or they don't respond, like, it's whatever. Yes. Yeah.
1: OK, mm-hmm. so I'm going to ask you two questions since mm-hmm. I have both the social side working in mm-hmm. large organizations and then you have the entrepreneur side. So you're mm-hmm. pretty early in the entrepreneur side. So going back to um, kind of your early start to your career, mm-hmm. what advice would you give mm-hmm. to a young woman who says, I really want to make and build a career in marketing and build a career in social? What mm-hmm. what should we be doing? What should we tell those women?
0: All right. So I would say just go ahead and get the experience. Mm-hmm. Um in any way that you can. So, um, you know, there are some people who I've talked to who have, like, changed, who are kind of trying to get into marketing mm-hmm. or um, who might be, you know, straight out of school and they, they've never done marketing before. And I would say if you really want to do it, you just you just have to get in there and do it. And I think experience is probably the best teacher. Um, I mean, you can take classes, you can go to school, but um, I, I probably haven't, really learned, you know, marketing in the way that I've learned it without experience. So it's mostly
1: hands-on. It's not really what's taught in the classroom. No,
0: it isn't. And, you know, honestly, what's—I mean, there are some basic principles of marketing that have tried to have been taught over years, but— I mean, it changes so much. Um, and, you know, what's taught in the classroom isn't always um, going to help you be successful. Yep. And so you just have to you have to go out there and do it, um, whether it's maybe you want to volunteer for marketing for, you know, a nonprofit or organization or whether you just go ahead and, and try to get a job um, full on. I think that you just have to get the experience. There are also very different types of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you're um, a numbers cruncher, like, acquisition is actually really good. If you're, like, more into, like, messaging and brand, like, you might want to do more mark comms. Um, there's product marketing. There's And I think that a lot of people don't realize, like, all the different things that have fallen into marketing. And so I think you know, it's also figuring out what type of marketer you want to personally be. And do
1: you think the only way to figure that out is to try it? Is yeah. to try different things? Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I think there's trying a lot of different things mm-hmm. is really good, especially early in your career,
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay.
1: So it's interesting that you say that, and I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything I learned was starting through my internships, mm-hmm. and I think if I hadn't gone into those internships, I wouldn't have had the career I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you jump in, a lot of times you make oopsies, right? You yeah. have some mistakes. So I always like to end our podcasts by asking um all of my guests this question. Yeah. Do you have an oopsie that you made in your career that mm-hmm. you can share with us? Just so people understand mm-hmm. that it's normal and human to make mistakes. I wanna wanna mm-hmm. talk about, you know, any anything you've had, any any fail either in social media or otherwise that you would share with yeah. our group today.
0: So I would, and I'm dispelling this to you, Carrie. Like nobody knows this it's about our me. Secret. It's <laughs> our big secret. It's just
1: us and the world.
0: So actually, between my first and second role at Amex, I actually left the company for three months. Okay, um, I went to Time Inc. and in a role um, that was marketing focused on people and people style watch, um, and so I that was actually the the most like the worst experience, like I, I personally ever had. I did horrible in that role. Like <laughs> nothing I could do. Like I, I was basically I was in charge of um, online um, direct um, ad display ads. I was in charge of um, inserts okay. and also direct mail, and all and me and me trying to manage like all those things and like learn the company culture and. I felt like all the the people hated me there and that I was constantly being hazed and stuff like that. And I just completely felt like, I was like, oh my goodness, like I cannot, I'm like failing in corporate America. Like I'm never going to make it. Um... I, these people hate me. I think they're going to try to fire me Who could ever hate
1: (laughs) you? Who could ever hate you, Kelly? Like,
0: I could never, like, I'm, you know, I'm messing up at meetings. Like, I don't know what, I'm looking like I don't know what I'm talking about. And um, I think my confidence was, like, completely shot from that role. And what the funny thing is, um... Toward the end of that process where I was like literally like crying before I would go to work, go to work every morning Aww. and I was calling my mom like, Mom, I'm a- I can't do this anymore. I'm so I'm so stressed out. I don't think I can bring myself to go to work. Um, I actually had a. Um, Colleague back at Amex who had worked with me not directly but um, through um, kind of one of our Infinity groups she had seen kind of like my skill set and you know organizing and you know putting things together and influencing mm-hmm. and so she um, basically reached out to me and was like hey I have this role um, in marketing communications um, I know you're really great at marketing so let me know if you're interested in it and so it was like. First, I part of me said no because I'm like, no, I have to figure this out. I have right. to. I'm I'm messing up here. Like I need to. Um, fix this problem that I have. But it. But at the end of the day, I was like, well, I looked at the role and I was like, oh, my goodness, this role is like literally me on paper. <laughs> and so I decided to just go through the process and like go through the interview process. And and basically, you know, I was offered the job. I ended up quitting right. <laughs> at time. And I was like, see you guys later. Bye. See you later.
1: <laughs> but see, to me, that, yeah. that oopsie is like a great success story mm-hmm. because you made the mistake of going there. You, yeah, you were in this horrible situation. Mm-hmm. You probably allowed yourself to be um in an uncomfortable situation for yeah. a little bit and then you made the decision to go. Yeah. And that's like what's so amazing about mm-hmm. it. I love that story. Oh, I thank think that you. oopsie is also a win. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, yeah. Kelly, so much for coming on our podcast. Mm-hmm. It was really such a pleasure to have you here, and mm-hmm. I wish you nothing but tremendous success with the honeybee company. I'm oh, so excited you. for you and anything I can do or any of our listeners can do to help you mm-hmm. in your new career as an entrepreneur. Oh, thank
0: you. Go
1: for it and uh mm-hmm. just anything I can do to help.
0: Oh, well thank you. Okay. Thank you for having me thank on the you. inaugural all yes, the Social Ladies. <laughs> yes, all the
1: Social Ladies.
0: You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at